Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real with you for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better? You really can do it, but nobody is going to do it for you. Nobody is going to push you out of bed to work out. Nobody is going to make you eat better. But here's the thing. Nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. Two and a half million people, each doing the Beachbody program that fits our own goals. Over 80 to choose from, some that take just 20 minutes a day. Nutrition plans that teach you how to eat healthy and still enjoy food. What we all have in common is we know it's not easy, so we help each other. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. That's why I'm inviting you to try our amazing Beachbody fitness and nutrition programs. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. I've confronted hundreds of men over two decades. I have been in television for 24 years. I just came to get something to eat. And I have very seldom been at a loss for words. I just came to get something to eat. Men online looking for children to sexually assault. What's the motive here? It's, Explain it to me. I'm no, not you're right. No, you're right. It's stupid. It's, it's not. It's an no. illegal thing. Yeah, I know. I did a stupid thing. Men from all walks of life. A doctor, a teacher, a clergyman. You sent pornographic pictures through the mail. Okay, that's a federal offense right there. You know I'm in trouble, and I know I'm in trouble. I tried to get into their heads and understand why. Each of we have tonight. Uh, I, I want to know who you are. I want to know a little bit more about you first. Can I eat first? Sure, go ahead. Let's see if any of this sounds familiar while you enjoy your pizza. And ultimately, make sure they face justice. You ask her if she's a virgin. I ask everybody all kinds of stuff. It's just talk. You ask her if she's horny. What's wrong with that? You ask if she does anal. It's a question. Question. Who are they? Have they tried to prey on other children? And where are they now? These are the predators I've caught. I'm Chris Hansen. If the name Twink Toilet doesn't immediately ring a bell with you, you are not alone. I had forgotten about Twink Toilet. That's a screen name, of course, for one of the predators I've caught. He's a fellow who, at the time of his arrest, was 35 years old, Edward Hollingsworth. And he didn't get a ton of attention at the time, and I'll tell you exactly why, but it's an interesting case for a number of reasons. He was caught, Ed Hollingsworth, twink toilet, and I'll explain that later too, but you can start to figure out what that's about. He was caught in Murphy, Texas, outside of Dallas, the very controversial sting operation we did in November of 2006. Controversial because that was the investigation where an assistant prosecutor in a neighboring county named Lewis William Conrad Jr. surfaced. He was chatting with not one but two decoys posing as young boys online, and while he never showed up at the Sting House in Murphy, the police department went out to arrest him 
based upon his online solicitation of a minor. You know the rest of the story. Mr. Conrad, as officers were closing in on him, chose to commit suicide, shot himself in the head. Later, an examination of his laptop showed multiple images of child pornography, as well as evidence of wrongdoing by Conrad's boss, the actual prosecutor in that county, who ultimately, because of that wrongdoing, went to federal prison. Now, these are the people who were being critical of our investigation, somehow linking us to the suicide. Nobody felt good about that suicide. Obviously, it was tragic, no matter what the circumstances. But he made that choice. Having said all that, it was when we went to Conrad's house, standing out on the street, to capture the arrest. That this Edward Hollingsworth, after a sexually charged chat with a decoy, posing as a 13-year-old boy, showed up at the house in Murphy. Now, Murphy, if you'll remember, was a bedroom community of Dallas, upper middle class. We were in a nice neighborhood. And the Murphy PD had done these sorts of stings before. A small department, but very professional. And you also may recall that one of the officers in that investigation, Kevin Carter, who's now retired and has written a book and is about to write another one, was involved in this investigation. I interviewed Kevin for a previous episode of this podcast. Good guy. So we leave the Stinghouse because we want to try to talk to Lewis William Conrad Jr. if he's home, if he's arrested, if he's let out. And we want to get that on video, obviously. It's a big deal that an assistant prosecutor was arrested. But we had other potential predators who were still chatting with decoys from perverted justice who could show up at the house at any time. So there were police officers back at the house. There were cameras rolling. There were contributors from perverted justice. So this chat takes place, and I'll share that with you in just a moment, between Edward Hollingsworth, Twink Toilet, and a perverted justice decoy. And ultimately a date is made for Edward to show up. Now, we're not there, but the police are. So he's arrested. I did not actually get a chance to come face to face with Edward. But we do have his interview with detectives, and I'll share that with you in this episode as well. But let's take a look at the chat Edward had with the perverted justice decoy. Now, you may recall that the prosecutor in the county where this took place decided not to file charges against any of the men who were arrested. And there were some very prosecutable cases. And he did this because of the Conrad suicide. 
There was also a bit of a political battle going on between the Murphy PD and the prosecutor's office at the time. But these cases were very prosecutable, and in fact, some of the men caught went on to be arrested again. Edward Hollingsworth was not one of them. By all accounts, he stayed out of trouble after his arrest. But let's take a look at the chat. Twink Toilet, Hollingsworth, says, Damn, they keep getting younger in here, don't they? Doubt you are young and kinky. Decoy says, Hi. You doubt I what? Hi. Could be a kinky boy, B-O-I. Decoy says, Oh, I see. He he love to be used by young boys, says Hollingsworth. I love rimming, sucking, swallowing. Love cum, love piss, love dirty boys who love getting freaky. Decoy says, wow. Can't say I hate it till I try it, right? Decoys often leave the door open. He he. True, and I would be on the receiving end of you doing your business so it wouldn't be like you would be doing anything you don't normally do. Now, this this has always been a difficult thing for me to understand. I know other predators have this fetish about consuming excrement. Peter Nygaard had it in the big investigation we did in the series for Discovery+. Plus. Peter Nygaard would ask these girls in the Bahamas to defecate on him and he would eat it and apparently that is the fantasy shared by Hollingsworth at least in this chat because what he's getting to here is he wants this boy who's already said he was 13 to urinate on him to defecate on him and that he would get off on this so it wouldn't be like you'd be doing something you wouldn't normally do. What goes on in a human being's mind that makes him think this is okay? Decoy says, though I'm 13, that okay? I didn't hear that part, he says, smiley face. Oh, okay. Well, I won't have you do anything you don't want to do, but my mouth is yours to use however you want. Cool. K-E-W-L-L, says the decoy. I live in the Plano area. Where are you at? In Dallas, but can drive, though obviously you can't do anything at home, so don't know what you would want to do. And you're 30? He asks, seeing the age of the profile. Your name? I'm Kyle. Joe. <laughs> Pleased to meet you, he says. Joe is the online alias, presumably, of Ed Hollywood. So when you want to swing by that, any chance you need to relieve yourself sometime soon? Hollingsworth asks. You mean get off? That and the other way. Oh, drink lots of water to help with the one. The second, dunno, only if you want. Though it definitely would fulfill a fantasy of mine. So he's, he's not that far into this chat. And he's already telling a 13-year-old boy, or someone he thinks is a 13-year-old boy, that he wants him to drink water so he'll have plenty of urine for him to swallow, consume. 
Though I have to ask, he says, are you a cop or anything related to a cop or Dateline NBC's silly reports? That's right. He asks the decoy if he's a cop or if he's related to, quote, any of Dateline NBC's silly reports. Silly reports. So he knows this could be a stake. He knows about the To Catch a Predator investigations. More about this predator I've caught in a moment. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. You know, I'm often asked how I and my team deal with the very dark subject matter we sometimes report about. And the answer is very simple. Many of us employ the services of BetterHelp with great success. Let me give you an example. How well would you take care of your car if you had to keep the same one your entire life? That's how our brains work. So why don't we treat them that way? How we care for our minds affects how we experience life. So it's important to invest time and care into keeping them healthy. You need to talk about issues that are affecting you. There are plenty of ways to support a healthy brain, like learning a new language or taking power naps just taking a break from life in general. There's also BetterHelp Online Therapy. BetterHelp works so well because it's tailored to your needs. Not everybody is the same, obviously. Everybody's got different issues and problems that need to be addressed, and you can reach out to BetterHelp and find what you need to be healthy. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat-only therapy sessions, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy. You can be matched with a therapist in less than 48 hours. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com Hansen. That's BetterHelp.com Hansen. As a backdrop to all of this, being November of 2006, the elections are going on in Texas, including elections for attorney general. And so there were advertisements on TV about various candidates being tough on crime, including one, and I kid you not, one in which a group of cops goes into a darkened room and arrests a predator who's online, drags him away. So these ads are airing on the very days that we're doing this investigation. So this 35-year-old knows it. Twink toilet. He goes on to say, cuz, um, the thing I didn't hear you tell me? Okay. Now, what he's referring to there is the thing I didn't hear you tell me was his age. Like, that makes it okay. I didn't hear you tell me you were 13, so I'm not going to pay attention to that. That's the rape of a child. Already here in the transcript, he's committed solicitation of minor. Oh, okay, says the decoy. It's up to you, though. And not to be a tease, I can't do it right now. I have a commitment, but I definitely want to meet you. I can do it this afternoon if you really want to do it. I will just adjust the other thing I have to do, he says. Where in Plano are you? Well, you want my Addy? 
Address. Yeah, he gives out the address. Damn, you're all the way out there, but doable. How much time do we have? Hollingsworth asks. Till like 11 or 12 tonight. Is your neighborhood really developed? I don't want nosy neighbors seeing me come up. I am nervous about this. Okay, I just want to be safe. Then he says, I'm almost ready to leave. Be outside about 325, 330. That way I know it's cool. And I'm leaving now. It says it takes about 30 to get there. Decoy asks, what kind of car should I look for? A black car. Okay, on my way. Okay, see ya. So, not long later, Hollingsworth shows up at the house. Now, again, I'm not there. We're dealing with this Lewis William Conrad situation. And if you could have a split screen of what's going on visually, Hollingsworth is on his way. We're out in the field. We don't know if Conrad's home. We don't know if Conrad thinks that the police are going to get him. We're in a holding pattern. We go by the house. We see that at one point the newspaper was there and then it's not. And we're waiting to see what the police do. I already told you what happened. You know that. But as that's all going on, and before the police go in to get Conrad... Hollingsworth walks up the walkway to the house in Murphy and meets the decoy. So we're rolling on all this, even though I'm not there. So Hollingsworth is a rather rotund fellow. He's got a goatee, wearing a shirt open with a T-shirt underneath. At first, when you look at the video, it looks like he's bare-chested, but it's a flesh-colored T-shirt. Parks his black vehicle, walks up the driveway. It's a nice house, but he he gets to the door, and the decoy who had been outside goes inside and locks the door. Come on in. How you doing? Because I'm not there, the decoy invites a suspect to come up to the house, but then quickly locks the door. So why'd you lock the door? So the decoy goes in the house, locks the door, and Hollingsworth is a little bit stunned says, why'd you lock the door? And then he finds out. Murphy police officers come running across the front yard, tell him to get down. He tries to get down, moves pretty slowly, so they assist him. Get on the ground. 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 Here, I got handcuffs. Now, you couldn't hear what Hollingsworth said there, but it was I'm so stupid. Now, again, this is a guy who asked the decoy. This isn't one of those silly Dateline NBC reports. How silly is it now? Twink toilet. So Hollingsworth is booked. And he's walked into an interrogation room with one of the Murphy Police Department detectives. And it's almost like a Dr. Phil moment, if you will. Because Hollingsworth starts off going down the road of, I'm so sad, 
I did this because I was crushed. My best friend's mom has cancer. Now, I have never understood, and I've heard this excuse before, amazingly. I heard it in Michigan recently on a sting. Somebody died of cancer in my family or a friend's relative died of cancer, and so I decided to get online and meet an underage person for sex. Where does that even come from? Anyway, take a listen for yourself. You cannot believe I did this. Wow. My best friend's mom is dying of cancer. That's not a real excuse for it, but I wasn't in my right mind. Really? I'm stupid. I'm deniably stupid for, for, for doing this. I, you know, it doesn't take an idiot to know that you guys are setting up things, but I wasn't thinking. And, I, and to be honest, people say, well, you're thinking about sex. I wasn't even thinking about that. He wasn't thinking about that. All of this stuff, the defecating, the urinating, the twink toilet stuff, it's all illegal to do with a minor. So whether it's actual intercourse or oral sex or this other nastiness he's describing, it's still illegal. So now the detective wants to know, you know, what the real reason and motivation is. He pretty much gives it up, but it takes him. You said that you love to be used by young boys. Is that true? Is that what you said? Yes. Okay. And this, and if you read down further in the line, mm-hmm. it's fantasy. But explain to me what that means to be used by young boys. Used, humiliated, I don't know. And uh, then you say love dirty Boys, B-O-I-S, who love getting freaky. Now, what does that last part mean? Again, fantasy takes over reality. I've never done really anything. I've done a little bit of the water sports. Done a little bit of the water sports? Now, it's not clear whether that admission involves somebody who's underage or not, but clearly he knew and he doesn't dispute in the interview with the detective that the person he thought he was going to go meet for this twink toilet activity was 13. But like I said, beyond that, I've not done anything. It's all talk. So once you get beyond that, I've never done it. I don't know if I would have done it. If what you've heard shocks you so far, join us back in a moment. Question. When you're doing a Google search, DM, or swiping a dating app, have you ever worried you'd wind up murdered? Yeah, you may want to reconsider. I'm Patricia Brown, but you can call me Patches. While many online encounters lead to exciting new relationships, some become devastating dates with death. The droplets of blood, the way that the vehicle was left. By doing what's called a ping, you can locate the last time that cell phone data was accessed. I Met My Murderer Online is the only true crime podcast to tell the tragic tales of how the internet can lead the unsuspecting into deadly encounters. I just cut a young woman into 14 pieces, but there was absolutely no sleep for me that night. If you are a fan of true crime, then you have to listen to I Met My Murderer Online. Available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hollingsworth seems to take this like as some sort of uh, indiscretion, like he was caught on candid camera or somehow punked. 
But this is serious business. And it should be. Do you remember during this chat that he told you he was 13? Yes, quickly followed by my genius, are you a cop? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Or related? Or with the NBC show? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. He's laughing to himself. Like he's just being stupid. Talks about the Dateline show. Talks about are you a cop? Uses self-deprecating humor to characterize his comments as genius. None of this is working with the detective, by the way. Now I'm hanging myself. What? Yes, I thought he was 13. It was fantasy. The decision to get in my car is the dumbest mistake in my life Mm -hmm. to this point. The dumbest mistake of my life, he says. But he admits it all. And he was just one of 25 men caught in the stick. But perhaps the luckiest thing that ever happened to Hollingsworth is that after all that, is that after all his activities, the chat, the showing up, the admission, his case does not get prosecuted for the reasons I discussed before. The prosecutor in the county at the time refused to take the cases. So whatever happened to Edward Hollingsworth? Well, as far as we know, he was never arrested or got into trouble again. He was a single guy who lived alone with his cat. He looks like that kind of guy, or did then. We found out later that Hollingsworth became ill with pneumonia. And he actually had a Twitter for a while. And he talked about being admitted to the hospital. Hollingsworth went under the name on Twitter at Phantom Texas. He was following 300 people. 92 people followed him. He was then in Houston. And during this hospitalization in about 2012... He talks about his displeasure at being hospitalized. I'm back in the hospital, ugh, even got to ride in the ambulance. I'm so bored at the hospital, irritated at the lack of visitors. I don't forget these things. I am bored out of my fucking mind at the hospital, ugh. Being in the hospital sucks. Having pneumonia sucks, he says. On May 29th, 2012, woke up hacking and can't fall back asleep. Chest x-ray is not cool. What a horrible way to spend Memorial Day, he says in another tweet. Hey, Justin Bieber is wanted for assault. He might soon learn a whole new verse for boyfriend. Bubba will treat him fine in the cell block. Well, what do you think would have happened to you, Ed? Had you not skated on prosecution in this case? Bubba will treat him fine in the cell block. Sometimes I just don't get the logic, he says in another tweet. Izzy the Cant and Marilyn Monroe, two crazy bitches. Rest in peace, Donna Summer, one of the great disco legends. Well, as it turns out, the hospital, quote-unquote, sucked for Ed more than he could have ever imagined. Ed Hollingsworth died in 2012. According to his obituary at the time, Hollingsworth was 41, lived in Harris County, 
formerly of Ashtabula, Ohio, passed away after a short illness, pneumonia. Talks about his parents. Talks about where he went to high school. How he was employed as a senior plan administrator for American National Insurance Company. How he had a passion for traveling, driving, and flying whenever time would allow just to see something different over the horizon. He also, according to the obituary, had an uncanny aptitude with mathematics, which made him a natural with computers and any of its software. And also enjoyed his home that he shared with his cat and loved to spend time with friends. He was an avid fan of the Cleveland Indians and the Dallas Cowboys. No mention of his arrest in the sting operation in Murphy, Texas. We have an update on another predator I've caught. Perhaps you'll remember David Schumacher Jr. He's the one who showed up at Fort Myers, Florida. Very memorable character. He's the one who said, I don't want to be on the TV news, dog. Well, I said, it's a little bit too late for that, dog. He also said he had two words for role-playing chat room. It's more than two words. Anyway, David was caught in the sting there trying to have sex with an underage girl. And he's been in, in and out of trouble with the law a number of times over the years. But here he is again. And this is a good one. Schumacher was arrested in DeSoto County, Florida. This comes from the local newspaper there. On July 17th, DeSoto County deputies investigated a burglary grand theft from a home on State Road 70. At the crime scene, they found a grocery store receipt and they collected it as evidence. With surveillance footage that was captured at the grocery store, so they found this receipt at the crime scene, right? And they go back to the grocery store, the convenience store, and they pull the video of the time when the receipt came through, when the purchase was made. And what do they find? David Schumacher, who was arrested within an hour of the burglary and is now facing charges of burglary, grand theft, and criminal mischief, property damage over $1,000, and failing to complete a criminal registration. Picture of him in the store, marching right in and buying something. And he's sitting there, during his arrest, wearing white socks and flip-flops. Never understood that, but there's a lot of things I don't understand about David Schumacher. Back to jail he goes. Not surprisingly. I always like to hear from you. And I'm very grateful for your listenership, your loyalty to this podcast and to all the projects I'm working on now. This week's question comes from Donnie in Alabama. Hey, Chris, this is Donnie from Alabama. I have a couple of questions I've always wanted to ask. The first one pertaining to the older investigations. Back when Perverted Justice was doing the decoy work, say one of the predators were using a, like public internet or maybe stealing it from a neighbor. If they never gave the decoy any personal information, how would you guys still know where to pursue them? I mean, outside of using an IP address. I really don't know how that would have worked out. And the second one 
in the older interviews, sometimes you would, you know, get kind of aggressive with the guys saying, you know, keep your hands where I can see them, which I understand that was for your safety because you didn't know what they may or may not have. But did you also do that to maybe confuse them so that maybe they didn't know if they were talking to law enforcement and that might keep them from running out the door? You know, I've always wondered that. Thanks for the podcast. I really enjoy it. Those are two very good questions, Donnie. And in terms of the first one, if somebody were using a public internet or stealing the internet from a neighbor, how would we be able to attach that potential predator to the IP address, which is obviously significant in the prosecution of the case to make sure this person who shows up is the person who had the chat. We never had anybody claim otherwise. And because of the way the chats are captured, because of the way you can piece together the similarities in the chat to the person who shows up, one of the reasons that uh, the decoys ask for Mike's Hard Lemonade or a pizza, it, it shows intent. It shows that they were the ones who were in contact with the person. So for a number of reasons, it's not that difficult to obtain probable cause that this person, in fact, was the person in the chat. And we never had anybody claim otherwise, honestly. And it would be difficult to do so. And if it was you'd find out. In other words, if somebody had stolen another IP address and somebody was wrongly blamed for this, it would be pretty easy to sort out. But it's a good question. Never was an issue for us. In terms of the aggressive nature of the interviews with the predators and why I asked them to take their hands out the pocket, it started with general safety concerns and a safety briefing that I had with Ron Knight, who is my security guy in many of the investigations. Ron spent more than 20 years with the NYPD, then did security for NBC and just kind of said, look, if you can see his hands, you know, he can't get to anything in his pocket, be it a weapon or anything else. And in years since, we have come up with uh, ways of sort of doing the best we can to make sure the person doesn't have a weapon. And if we think that they do have a weapon on them, we don't let them in the house. And we've had that situation occur as well. But in the investigations we're shooting now, I still ask to see their hands. And I don't pretend to be law enforcement. And, And if you'll listen to the line of questioning in the early investigations, especially, I say... When asked, what's going to happen to me? Am I going to be arrested? I say, that's not up to me. And that's specifically done not to try to pretend to be law enforcement. And the reality is, though, Donnie, and and you raised two good points. Yeah, there are guys who think I'm a cop. Still to this very day. People who haven't seen the investigations or haven't put two and two together. So it's a good question. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Many more to come, including what I think will be some very compelling interviews with predators themselves, and that is in the works as we speak. We have a number of exciting shoots underway, investigative stories, including predator investigations for True Blue, T-R-U-B-L-U, which will premiere in November. That's the new 
streaming crime network that I'm working for now. Very excited about. You can follow at watchtrueblue.com, T-R-U-B-L-E. You can always find me on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook, Cameo, and anytime you want, shoot me a note at chris at predatorpodcast.com. I'll be watching and listening.